Amen. We're glorified bodies. You won't have to worry about knee problems. You won't have to worry about back problems. You won't have to worry about any other kind of problems. Amen. Hallelujah. It's maybe some of that's got some of us a little shackled down tonight. But we got something to look forward to when we get in to sing that new song. There won't be no pain, no sorrow, no tears in heaven. We're going to be able to worship him, magnify him, exalt him. Hallelujah. We can make a million laps around that old throne. Hallelujah. We're just going to be just getting started. And the joy's not going to run out. And the happiness is not going to run out. The contentment and satisfaction is not going to run out. Man, it's something to look forward to. Praise God. God bless you today, tonight, whatever it is. And we're going to let the classes go to the Sunday school rooms and, and the rest of you are going to stay out here with me. The good Lord and the good word of God. And we're going to teach in last week's lesson and bump around on this week's lesson. And hey, there's no telling where else we may go. But I'm telling you, God's good to us. Amen. I want to hear the word today. How about you? There's ever been an hour, a generation that needs, a, that's a warning. That's one of the warnings in the end time. The lack of the knowledge of the word of God. Not a preaching. Not, I mean, there's more preaching and all different styles of preaching. Amen. All across the, the airways and things of that nature than there's ever been. But oh, hallelujah. We need truth. The absolute truth. The unadulterated truth. That's what brought us out. That's what's going to keep us out. And that's what's going to get us to the other side. Is this marvelous truth is what sets us free. Truth is what makes us free. When you walk in truth, you don't worry about the ups and downs and all the other. You just hang on for the ride. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Praise God. And, and you can just be seated. I tell you, I don't know how I'm going to just do this yet, but hallelujah. We're going to do it by the help of the Lord, the grace of God tonight. We sure hope we made the Lord happy and made some little folks happy and some in-between people happy and Amen, everybody else. And praise God. Let me remind you, Brother Sanford will be with us next Sunday. Be with us. And uh, Anyway, we've got me tonight. And uh, I just felt to go back to this. I made a part. I made a part. It's kind of like the statement you hear a lot of times of a made-up mind. But it's going to take more than a made-up mind to live for God. You understand that? You gotta have more than a head knowledge. Amen. But you gotta be a heart that's involved. Heart, the importance of the heart, the man's heart, the individual's heart, uh, the fashion of it, the form of it. Amen. And uh, how it's shaped and how it's formed. And all this comes by the hand of the Lord. This comes by the house of God. And it comes by many ways. Amen. It comes many ways as we just give ourselves unto the Lord and, and give ourselves unto his touch and will. How many of you want to be fashioned by the hand of the Lord? How many of you want to be a vessel of God? Amen. And you want to walk where he wants you to walk and witness and accomplish and achieve his call upon our hearts and upon our lives. And uh, how great that call is. Everybody's important. Everybody's a special vessel. And, and in a sense, I know maybe not in the degree of the Apostle Paul. Man, is Saul a, a chosen vessel. A man that was going to be apostle of the Gentiles and suffered many things, went through many trials. And, uh, uh, but uh, he was a special vessel. It was mindedly used of God. But you know what? You're important. I'm important in this work of God, in the kingdom of God. And so... Have we present our hearts? Have we give ourselves? And a lot of it, amen, when you begin to talk about the heart, that's, that's the real key is surrendering, submitting, yielding. What do we yield ourselves to? 
Amen. What we give ourselves to. The word, the spirit. Amen. Everybody loves the hype. Everybody loves the dance. Everybody loves to feel good. Amen. I mean, that's the reason people go to parties. That's the reason people use drugs and alcohol. They like the feeling that it gives them. And you know what? You and I, we all know that's a dead end road. But, uh, but, but you and I are likened a lot of times of, 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 of in the same uh, atmosphere as far as having a merry heart and, and living an overcoming a victorious life. Hallelujah. We're full of gladness and happiness and, and assurance hallelujah and with our focus right with our hearts right this is how this comes about because it's out of the heart the issues of life it's out of the heart that a lot of this flows and so if there's a major problem or breakdown in these areas it's really a lot of times and especially people that have been taught truth and experienced truth it's not a mind thing it's a heart thing hallelujah you know, I, I was upon her today and just in prayer and, and the things and the songs that we sung tonight and this morning about chains and fetters but you know the Holy Ghost just kind of quickened something to me at the word of God Paul's writings he said but unto the believers they got to do what? Cast aside the weights. The weights, amen. The weights that can weigh us down. It's not necessarily a chain or a fetter. It's weights that we picked up. Hallelujah. I can put enough weight on. I don't care how big a man is or how strong a man is in this house. I can put enough weights on him. Hallelujah. It's going to weigh him down. He's not going to be able to dance. He's not going to be able to do nothing. If you put enough on him, it's going to crumbling. In fact, you put enough on him, it's going to, it's going to crush him. It's going to overcome him and overpower him and rob him. And, and so that's what the world and that's what the devil is doing. Trying its best to put so much weight, amen, upon the church and on believers. But tonight, amen, I want to cast them off. How do you do that? You got to purpose some things in your heart. You got to purpose some things in your mind and your spirit. Hey, I'm not going there. I'm not going to cross that line. Uh, God, if you'll help me and strengthen me, we're going to do what you kept me to do. And we know the Lord. We find the strength of the Lord that you can't find it no other place. It only comes from Him. And when you begin to talk about the world and you begin to talk about battling against the devil, spiritual wickedness in high places, rulers of darkness, hallelujah, only he, only he's the one that can help us to have the strength. And not only that, Paul wrote to us, he said, hey, we're not ignorant of the devil's devices, amen, his forces and powers and snares. We're not, we're not people of the dark. We're not walking in darkness, but we're walking in the light. And so how does all this work, amen? It works together. The mind and the heart works together. You've heard me make this statement before. It's got to be more than a mind thing. It's got to be more than just having ability of knowledge of the written word. And you can quote the whole book. There's, there's, there's individuals upon this earth can quote this whole Bible, but cannot tell you the plan of salvation. Don't know him. Forever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of truth. Bound up by the, by the traditions of men. Bound up by the rudiments of the world. The elements of the world. The, the activities of the world. Bound up by them. Worshipping them and giving themselves over to them. And don't even realize it. Why? They're blind. Can't see. Your heart. They didn't have a transformed heart. They can, they'll carry you in the book of Acts and explain and go around what it's really saying. Instead of the true plan of salvation and the fullness thereof. Sometimes it just blows my mind as I hear them occasionally on the radio. Going from work in different places and hear them make certain statements. I'm thinking, so close but yet so far. 
so far. My, my. But, so as we talk about this today and tonight, amen, a made-up heart. And, and we know the main character is Daniel and uh, his he, three, three Hebrew uh, friends. It's going to work with him. And so I, I'm going to go by the scriptures mostly on this because there's a lot of enlightenment and a lot of help if we'll just look straight at the scriptures and how they responded and what took place and, and how that God's favor and how they, 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 they didn't mandate, they didn't, they didn't force, they didn't get an attitude. Bad or good, far as far as why we in it, they didn't get a you know a feeling sorry for themselves. They didn't go in, and when they got to Babylon, they didn't look for a cave to crawl in. They didn't look for a hiding place and say, "Well, we're just gonna we're just gonna get enough that we get out of here in seventy years." Well, that's the way some of us done in school. <laughs> we done just enough to get out, and boys, it showed up. We didn't get out. Well, I'm telling the truth. You know what? That's the way some people want to handle God and church. They want to get just enough to get them out of here, supposedly. I want more than just enough to get me out of here. I want that power and authority and love, amen, in the heart of this individual and in all conversations. They can be the witnessing of the Holy Ghost, the witnessing of the Lord, God's presence. There's, there's something that's riding with us. There'll be a testimony and witness to everybody else. Hey, those, they're different. They're going to prove that in this lesson here. And the reason they was able to be blessed and used in that form and manner is because they purposed in their heart before they ever got there. Before they ever got caught up in it. Before they ever knew exactly what they was going to face. Daniel didn't know that he was going to face a, a trial of, of being cast into that den of lions. The three Hebrew, they didn't know that there was going to be a time that they was going to be cast into a fiery furnace. But the reason they was able to stand at those moments and times is because they purposed in their hearts that we're not going to defile ourselves. Okay? So it's a powerful lesson. It really is. I don't know how much good we're going to do with it, but I'm telling you, it's a powerful lesson when you really begin to dig in and you begin to, to take it to heart and, and to listen to it because that's uh, the biggest problem. What's going on right now is a heart problem. All these folks justifies their actions and deeds in a, in, a, in a lot of areas now. But the real problem is a heart problem. It's not the color of the skin. It's a heart problem. If all the hearts would get right, you'd find out. And we're going to find out in the millennium. When that devil's bound... And nobody could sin. They're going to find out the color of skin wasn't the problem. Because even in the millennium, there's going to be all different languages, nations, and kingdoms of people in the millennium. So we're going to, we're going to learn some things there. So, uh, as we just look at it, uh, I want to make me to talk about the heart just a little bit. The made-up heart, when you look at even at the word heart, the word came, amen, to stand before man or to entire mental or moral activity both in his rational and his emotional elements. That's the heart. That's the, that's the, the heart is the seat. It's the seat where issues of life and decisions are made. You can go to Matthew, the 15th chapter. And I don't think I have it here. But, but you can read the time that, that, that Jesus Christ himself 
when, when you go to that. I want to just take some time. We got some time. You know, we, we got till uh, 12 o'clock. 11.30 at least. Am I right? We got to 11.30. So we got plenty of time here tonight. And uh, so as we watch some of this, uh, and even here, uh, this is a time that the scribes and Pharisees had came, and these were the ones from Jerusalem now. Scripture bears that out where they're from. They're, 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 this is supposed to be the holy ground. If anybody knew about spiritual things and how to live and things, this, this is, these are these guys. And so they're coming to Jesus. And, and so as they come there, and, and they're talking about the washing, washing of the cans and traditions, the, the things that they had added on so much to, uh, to be saved and to, to keep themselves from being defiled. And so they question Jesus about them eating with unwashed hands. He goes on from that. And he, he takes that and he begins to bring to our understanding what really defiles a man. He said it's not what goes in. But it's what comes out. It's not so important what we may take in. But it's very important what we let out. What we allow ourselves to say. Are our actions. What we allow ourselves to get involved in. And this comes from the heart. And he goes on and talks about it. Talks about the things that can defile us. He said, not what comes, what goes in, but what comes out is what defiles the man. And it's the heart. It's in the heart is where he begins to ponder and think. And the seed is planted of iniquity. And he talks about murders and all the other different activities. I'm not going to try to read the scripture and all that. But go back there in the 15th chapter of Matthew and read that first setting of it. And you'll see what's being said there. So a lot of the actions, when people uh, uh, begin to take on that are contrary to the word of God and contrary to his heart and be we it's not a mind problem it could be because it those terms are interchangeable too mind and heart but the real problem is the heart okay hallelujah how many of you know the word of God well enough that you know right and wrong but you struggle with it sometimes there's nothing wrong with your mind you your accountability of knowing right and wrong Struggle is in the heart of the individual, especially when it comes testing time and trials and you face circumstances and situations possibly you don't even understand, especially when you have an enemy against you and things of that. So, so that's the reason it's so important, amen, when we begin to talk about the heart tonight and the condition of the heart, amen, what's laying in the heart What's laying beneath and underneath? Uh, another place the Bible talks about the hidden springs of the heart. Hidden things in the heart. And, and certain events can help these things to, to be revealed or made known. Now watch this. In the end time, the Bible said that Jesus said, what did he say about the heart? The secret things of the heart are going to be spoken, going to be announced. So we can hide things from God, or at least feel like we hide things from God. We can hide things from individuals in our heart. We can still with the mind and with our actions and deeds, worship and magnify. But you know what? God's concerned about the heart. He's, 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 he's more concerned about our hearts tonight than anything else. How many of you want to leave here with a clean heart? 
pure heart. Pure in their heart. It's going to see God. Got to have a pure heart. And so that's the reason he talks about the motives. Motives, it's in the heart. You, you can go to courts. You go to listen to cases. Especially them that deals with murder and things of that nature. And the degrees of the punishment really depends on the motive behind it. I can't tell you the first thing that most of the detectives and when they get there, when they come up on a murder scene and they begin to take up evidence and they begin to try to look for a witness. You know, one of the first things they look for a motive. Who had a cause to kill or shoot or destroy this individual? You know, they start asking questions and asking witnesses and hey, what brought this about what what caused this to engage especially one that may have done and you know it wasn't a big scene and all of that and but but who who would want this person to take their lives what kind of motive did they have behind so so all that's the reason the heart the condition of the heart is so important as a christian because if our motives are right and stay right our motive i believe i could get 100 percent here tonight how many wants everybody in this house to be saved tonight how many of us wants everybody to go to heaven you know I've, I've had struggles you've had struggles but I ain't never had a struggle with any man or woman that I'd want them to go to the lake of fire no no why do you think Jesus now we're going to see his heart it wasn't his mind that spoke on that cross that day it was a heart that spoke forgive them Lord they don't know what they're doing that's the heart it was the heart that spoke that day with Stephen as a martyr, being stoned to death and spoke, forgive them, Father, for they don't know what to do. But if, we're, if our heart's not right, we want to take different actions. And we want to justify our actions. I'm talking to you, right? Talking to the heart, that hidden part that's so important in the hand and the working of God. Because it's in the heart that the kingdom sets up. Watch this. It's in the lesson. And the writer talks about a gentleman that had been pastoring for 20 years. And he's talking about going to many uh, heart surgeries. But he'd only went to one, one guy. One time a guy that had a transplant. And he made the statement. Said we all at times in our walk. We'd love to have a transplant. We'd love to just have a, somebody else's heart. And because ours. Amen. But watch what God says about the heart. He said, if your heart condemns you, God's greater than the heart. If the heart's willing, amen, to repent. If the heart's willing, amen, to be worked with and allow the master's hands to work with it. And you know what? We never reach a point and place in walking with God. Hallelujah, that we don't need him to work on our hearts. Hallelujah, to work on our spirit. We just got through singing the song that everybody's going to be happy over there. You know what? Because our heart's going to be made in fullness, completeness. And there won't be anything there to contaminate the heart. There won't be anything there to damage the heart. There won't be anything there, amen, to put, put scars and bruises, amen, and hurt and pain. There won't be the adversary there using whoever and however, amen, to hurt us. You smoke me. You ever heard this? You ever felt this? <laughs> felt like you took a dagger and you just smoked me in the heart. I would have rather you'd have bought your fist up and beat me with it. It wouldn't have been near as painful as what was just said or the actions that was just taken because it hurt me in the inward part. 
We put on the, the breastplate of kiss righteousness. Whole armor of God. That's what protects the main organs. That the devil's constantly shooting with those fiery darts. He's trying his best to contaminate or pollute or defile the heart. Okay? Because it is the seat. It is a place where decisions are made. It's there that you will choose how you're going to respond. How you're going to handle things. But if you never you get a transformed heart. I'd love to tell you that after a transformed heart. That you don't have to worry it no more. But no. As much as Adam and Eve had to guard in the garden. Keep the garden. There is a certain amount of garden that should have taken care of it. We have to do the same thing. We've got to guard our heart. You've got to put on a helmet of salvation. That hope, he calls it, the writer called it a hope. Hope, hope. No greater hope than this. And salvation. My deliverer. Salvation, you can use the same term as deliverer. He's going to be my deliverer of this. i got to endure this. i got to, uh, the Lord just prompted me this afternoon. And I, I might preach on this. And maybe I'm, I'm messing up just a little bit here. But, but, but I've never really thought of it quite like this. How in the world did the, the, all the characters in the Hebrew, the 11th chapter, get into that what we call the hall of faith? How did they get there? They had the heart to endure strugglings, to take on causes, to take on missions. That they knew that they could not within themselves accomplish it or achieve it. And so by faith, by faith, not in themselves, but in who they were serving, who had called them. Amen. And so in the midst of our struggles and heartaches and, and, and not sure what tomorrow may even hold. <laughs> but if our heart's right, we can be assured of one thing. That's what Paul's talking about. We're assured of one thing. He's never going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. He's going to be right there with us. And he's going to help us. He's, he's going to do like Brother Brian sings that song sometimes. I can't even make one step without him holding my hand. That's true. That's the absolute truth. Amen. So, as we, we watch some of this really begin to unfold. And really begin to take place. Praise God. I'm, I'm just looking over some of my... Um, how important is it... Barnabas, when he went to Antioch, and you know Barnabas. Barnabas was one that went to Paul when he was first converted. And, and Paul was having a hard time to being accepted. And Barnabas was one that took him. It took him a year and a half to Antioch. Watch this. Barnabas was sent to Antioch from, from the place where the Gentiles began to receive the gospel. And made his way all the way to Antioch. And as he observed and watched them and knew with assurance that they had received the truth. And the love of God. This is what the instructions he gave unto them. He said you cleave unto God. With your heart. With all of your heart. Cleave unto him. That means to be glued. That means to be connected in such a manner. It's like a, a, a good whale. A whale that's done right. The whale's not going to break. It, what's going to happen is. Parts of the particle that it's welded to. Is going to tear out. From one side or the other. And so that's the same way. And that's what he's talking about. We got to love God with all of our heart. With all of our passion. With all of our desires. We got to love him. Above everything else. And so. As we're going to watch this with Daniel and them. And uh, I'm just going to bring out a few other things. Uh, uh, because we're a new creation. I'm going to tell you something. You know why there's 
You know why religion is in such a mess? Because their churches are so full of sin now. Because they did not receive a transforming heart. It's not the fullness of truth now. And now they got, they're dealing with some things. And they're justifying ungodly lives. They're telling them they're going to heaven. They're telling them they're making it. It didn't matter what kind of life or lifestyles they lived. They made it. What kind of actions, directions they took. Amen. But you know what the real problem with all of them was? It was a heart problem. A heart problem. If you can just get the heart right. If you can let God work on the heart. You know what? Every time we come to service, God's wanting to work on our hearts. He's wanting to work on our hearts. He's wanting to work on our lives. And so, as we watch Daniel them, the focus thought of this tonight, God has called us to separate ourselves unto him and to be holy. Ooh, what a time, what a world that we're living in today to, to live holy, to live a separated life, to live a godly life. Amen. That's, that's, that's important. Not only do we separate, but we got to connect. We got to have service too and to be used by and so they purpose this as we watch this. So I'm not going to read the key verse. I'm going to start at the first verse. I want to mention some things there. And uh, you may want to go back and look at this. It's all going to pretty well tie up in Daniel 1. And uh, that's where we're going to kind of work from tonight. It was in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah. If you're an end time, you know, if you study a lot of end time and a lot of focus on that, you, you probably already picked this up. That statement, the third year, does not go in with what Jeremiah said. Jeremiah taught us in Jeremiah, I think it's 25 and 1, amen, that it was the fourth year. Now, you might wonder, why do you say things like this? Why do you address things like this? Well, because if we don't have an understanding of this, and if you, you listen to people out there, they say, I thought you said the Bible was written without error. It is. Amen. But watch this. Here's what many believe is what happened. There's a couple of the reasons because of this situation that begins to unfold in this third year. Of Nebuchadnezzar is going to come. Now, we've been studying a lot about Nebuchadnezzar. A lot's been said about him in the last several months and in years. Amen. And the Babylonian captivity and what's going on. Believe it or not, in a sense, we're in our Babylonian. Amen. In a sense, we are. Amen. As we're in this world and having to deal with the elements of this world and, and, and representing as ambassadors of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of hope, the kingdom of love, the kingdom of light. Amen. As, as Holy Ghost filled vessels. And so we, we, we had to hustle and, and, and bustle and rub shoulders and deal with people and deal with spirits and, and, and ideals and opinions and doctrines and all of these things. But, but you're going to notice here, but the, the, what, the, the terminology they give here. And just to show you a little what has unfolded here, even with the Daniel in them after being carried into Babylon. And so what they're telling us is Jeremiah would use the Jewish way of counting. Because what would happen, the transactions of kings, if one of them was in a portion of a year and then a whole year, the, the Jewish would count that portion of plus the whole year, and count that as two. Where with Daniel and the Babylonian way of counting, he wouldn't include it the back portion of the year. He wouldn't have started the count until the actual full year. 
So we, we, we get a little insight, a little understanding of things that transpire and take place. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? So don't, don't go in that direction. But, but as we watch God, as he uses and, and moves upon them and helps them, because you've got to understand, even at this point in time in Babylon and, and Nebuchadnezzar, he was, he, was a, he was a gold as he had that image. And those that was under as his servants, there was none probably with ability with science, and things of this nature that served him. That's the reason they had been handpicked. And we're going to get to that in just a few minutes. Hello, and so that's no different for us. One reason America is so great today, if you do a study on history, some of the greatest inventors that came to America was Jewish. And they was rejected from other countries. Weren't allowed to come. But we allowed them to come to America. And thank God we did. They come some of the greatest inventors and the ones that blessed America and Put America on the page and put America on the forefront, amen, of technology and things of this nature. So, so, so you watch some of that. That's the reason we pull so hard for our children and young people and giving themselves to God and the service of God, especially young people and, and individuals is gifted and talented and ability and got great ability. It's for God and for the service of God and for His kingdom. I want to tell you something the devil's after you, the world's after you. Politicians are after you. The ball players are after you. For their benefit, for their cause, and for their purpose. Thank God God's for us and God's after us for his glory and the magnifying of his name. I, I, I want to be careful here, but at the same time, you know, a lot of times, a lot of things are said about education. And, and, and sometimes not, not as much to the good maybe that it should be. Now, I think my personal opinion here, my own personal obs- observing, I've watched a lot of even some of our own one God as they became doctors and things of that nature. They're more prompt, and I don't know why. I can't give the reason. Not all, not all. Brother Wilson's a good example that not all. But there seems to have a more tendency to live more liberal. And that causes some of us that don't have, we're almost like, well, I don't want that education. So it causes me to jeopardize everything, and I get so built up in my education, so much pride. Well, I think I'm a know-it-all now. I'm smarter than God, smarter. No, that's not going to happen. But now, let me go on the other hand. I want everybody, amen, we need education. In fact, the more you can learn and get skills and talents and ability, but make sure here's the reason why. Why are you taming that? Is it just to build yourself and build your own kingdom? See, that was Nebuchadnezzar's problem. He should have way back in the early stages as he watched these Hebrew boys. He should have, and he did at times. But and that's another time, so I'm going to try to move on. But, but we're going to see that, that whenever he set out to get them, what was unfolding, it was for his, his purpose, fulfilling of his kingdom. If he was going to rule and reign and conquer the then known world, he had to have servants and vessels that had insight and things of this nature. And watch this. Why would this little statement be important? Because whenever they went into captivity in Jerusalem, most of you in times believe that this was the starting of the time of the Gentiles. And all that works in hand in hand. Because that timing's coming to be fulfilled now. Gentiles' time is running out. It really is. 
Gentile. Time of Gentiles. So, that's one reason I wanted to make mention of that. Okay? Another one is, they, they used the word king. Uh, that, that particular term there, he came to, to Judah, actually means to, when he went or marched. That's when he began to march. And march not only against Jerusalem, but against all the other cities and other places that Nebuchadnezzar took. Now, I'll mention that in just a minute. Hey, the Lord will help me to remember that part. So, but the next verse of this chapter, it wasn't in your setting, so if you didn't read, go back and read it. This is what's not in the scripture setting, but I wanted to bring this out. The next verse gives us a lot of insight, what really begins to happen, begins to unfold. And why Daniel and, and the three Hebrews could handle this situation. I'm going to tell you something. You can handle hard, difficult times if you know you're in the will of God. Okay? If you know that God's with you. You can handle that situation a whole lot better. Alright? So, and the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. The Lord gave him. And with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the Lord, or into the land of Shinar, which is another term for Babylon, to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. Now watch this. Took them out of the temple, out of the tabernacle. The vessels took them. And he carried them to the temple of his God. Now, Nebuchadnezzar didn't use them. His son comes along. He didn't. He just puts them in the house of his God. That's exactly what the devil and the pull of this world, when he begins to pull at our hearts, as it begins to try to defile our hearts, find a gateway, an opportunity to defile our hearts, he's pulling for us. He's trying to get us into the tabernacle of his God. Just the devil hasn't changed his tactics. The devil hasn't changed his ways. He may have it painted up different in a different form, but the same purpose, the same goal is still there. Huh. And so here, watch this. The very thing that had brought them liberty and independence, which is the house of God and the place of worship. Now they're watching the most precious things of their life. First, the tabernacle and the things that was in the tabernacle. How would you and I feel? How many of you remember when the broom gym burned? Well, this is kind of a poor, but it's, it's. Hey, I remember it was on a Sunday morning. They called me. They said, hey, Jim's caught on fire and he's burning to the ground. I got up. I went up there. You could feel it. You could feel it even from over here, from over there. You know why? And it had been a many hours we'd spent up there just. Having, and, and, and I can't say this. We had some good, clean times up there. We really did. Even after the school had closed and the, the community used it and raised a lot of money for a lot of sick people, Brother Ford has sung in that old gym many a times to help people, raising money, benefits. Benefits was big back then. And having scenes to help people with cancer and different things that would happen and whatever. I can't tell you how often the singers would come from all over and they would sing. And, and they, they, they do different activities there. And, but, but to just watch that old gym just burn up. 
gone. I mean, it, it, was a, it was a place in our community. The only place, basically, we had in our community. We could come and join together. And, and everybody could use it as a place to gather for whatever reason. Some was good, some wasn't so good. But, but the most part, it was for, for good purpose, good reason. And now, here they are. As they, they're watching. That's like watching somebody come in here and start taking out all these chairs and taking out all the instruments and pulling up the carpet and tearing things off the wall and just hauling it out of here. And, and we, we can't do nothing about it. The place that we've come so often and found peace and answers and help and direction. The place that we came, amen, that, that we, we was in life's trouble and our marriage was in trouble and our family was in trouble and, and our babies were sick, but, 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 but we brought them to the house of God. That's what, that's what took place. That's what happened. Amen. This is what had unfolded here. And so the king had spake unto his, his, it's happiness, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Is, he was a master of the eunuchs. And the king had spoke to him. And I don't believe it was just, now watch this. And I know we focus on Judah. And we focus on the four Hebrews. But, but I believe that wherever they went, they was getting the prize. They was getting the cream of the crop. They was getting the best. Two or three here and four or five there. And I don't know the number. I don't know how many the number of, of, Jude, of the, the Judeans, a man that was carried. And how many of the young people was carried. But I do believe, and I believe there's enough scripture here to back it up, a man that there was a multitude of different ones of, of other gods and other uh, nationalities and, and beliefs. And they, they were pulled even from them. Now they're bringing them in. He says, he told the master of the eunuchs, and he said, bring certain of the children of Israel and the king's seed and the princess. Now watch this. Not just, I want you to get the king's seed. Most theologians believe that all three of these had access, if not connected, to Josiah the king. King prior to the king now. That they was kin to him. Even by flesh. And they had already been trained and instructed, starting at a very, very early age. And they was gifted. They was talented. And they, they had skills and ability about them. Have you ever heard somebody, uh, somebody maybe like this tall, just get up and I mean sing. I mean, it was just a talent. Man, they, they could do it. It was just natural to them. Carry a tune, had a beautiful voice, and just, just maybe four or five years old, six or seven. Like you ain't never heard nobody or seen nobody like that. You got one in this church. It's just like that. Fourth grade. I'll never forget it. First year I was at, at George County at Loosedale. Mama said, you're not going to stop at Central. You're going to be there in a couple of years. Just go straight on to Loosedale. First year there in the fourth grade. Filled up that auditorium. Little fella by the name of Troy Forbes brought out on the platform. In the fourth grade, son, he astounded that place when he began to sing. No, he didn't sing Elvis either. He copied him a lot, but he didn't sing Elvis. <laughs> Hallelujah. Huh. He was gifted. It was a talent. It wasn't something that you just... Are you understand what I'm saying? That's the same way. Each one of you, you're gifted and talent. Some fashion, some form. Now, now boy, let me really deal with the heart right there. I'm not, I'm not like somebody else, but I'm not like this. And Paul said, don't judge yourself among yourselves. That's both to the good and bad. Okay? But it's God. He goes on with that. 
He talks about the ministers. To, to minister to what? To their ability. To their faith. To their calling. To their election. That's, 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 that's the perfect heart. That's the pure heart. That's the heart that has given themselves to God. I got there's teachers in this place. They don't expect the same thing out of every student. Only time they really expect somebody to make 100 when it's an open book. And they went through and make sure they got all the questions right. Outside of that, it's going to be elevations. I've talked about that all the time. That's the same way with this. Because of the heart. The condition. The, the ability of the heart. Everybody's heart is not the same. Body's skills and talents are not the same. But I'm telling you something. He's pulling. The devil's pulling for the cream. He's pulling for the best. He wants those that are gifted. He said, buddy, when you go. He said, you'll recognize them. They'll stick out their hands. The way they talk. The way they handle themselves. Because I want them to be able to stand in the presence of the king. You know what God's doing? Through Jesus Christ. He's conditioning us so that we can stand in his presence one day. Ladies and gentlemen. Are you hearing me tonight? He's conditioning our hearts. He's not out to destroy us. He doesn't have but a sword. He doesn't even take the sword as big as it is or the hammer and crush the heart. That's going to be the last thing he's going to do. Amen. Whenever he, when every other thing, every other opportunity to save us and redeem us and reconcile and keep us, it's going to be his last choice to take that rock and fall and crush us. You know. He said, no. I'm going to work around it. I'm going to dig around it. I'm going to fertilize it. I'm, I'm going to come up. You give me one more year. It's a hard thing. So as we watch this, again, he said, I want those children. He said, to whom will be no blemish, but well favored and skillful in all wisdom, cunning and knowledge, understanding science. They already had some knowledge. They had some insight. They had some talents and skills. Now they're going to reform them. You're going to watch this. And such as had the ability in them to stand in the king's palace. And whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. We want them to learn our language. Somebody, we, we was talking about the, the president's wife. And uh, how some of them has made some statements about. Anyway, having intelligence and things of this nature. I can't remember exactly. But she knows about either six or seven different languages. Fluently. She really does. And she wasn't, she's not from over here either. She's from Sweden, I think. Huh. She, she makes the statements about, as a kid, dreaming to come to America. Come and be a part and have an opportunity of life. I'm going somewhere with that. And you and I have got the greatest thing that we can offer to anybody. And that's Jesus Christ and eternal life. And the only way we can do that is to keep our hearts from becoming defiled. Why do you think the devil works so hard? Even behind the scenes. In the places of darkness and the secret chambers of your own home. Why do you think he's had such an effect when he began to be able to move certain items into the home. Because he was after to pollute the heart. The very things that made America great. It was the heart of America. 
Because America believed in families. America's believed in God. America believed in justice and liberty for all. Come on. Let's, 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 we're going to salute that flag. Let's live up to it. Let's be truthful to it. We're going to give a pledge of allegiance to it. We're living in a world today. You're guilty now. Watch this. Okay. So, King decided. Now, he done set this order up. He, and when all this was taking place, he's got all this set up. He's got the, the eunuch, I mean, the captain of the eunuchs that's over them. And uh, these are my chosen men and vessels that's going to be used to, to, to better our kingdom and fulfill it. Amen. He believed that others is brought in. And so, he's going to make provision. He's going to provide to make provision for them. That make sure they're going to eat from his table. They're going to have the best that we have to offer. Amen. Unto them. And so you read that and see that take place in the fifth verse. Daily provision of the king's meat, wine, which he drank. So nourishing them for what? For three years. We're going to put them under your watch. You're going to train them, instruct them. We're going to give you three years. And so I'm not sure the age. I believe they're somewhere in the teenage years. 13, 14, maybe 15 years of age. When they're going to be carried into Babylon. Carried into this place. And very easily, very easily. If, if Daniel, amen. If they had not purpose in their hearts. Amen. Not to be defiled in this situation, condition. But thank God. Apparently they was hearing Jeremiah. And they was hearing the prophets of their day and time and there's three or four that overlaps them amen and, and Isaiah there was several hundreds 150 years prior to that and so they had some insight of understanding what's unfolding what's taking place amen come on you don't have the gifted and talented like this amen without having some insight of God and the purpose of God and who we are and who we're going to serve and so we see this inside these three young men four young men amen these four Hebrews it's purposed in their hearts that we're not going to be defined them. When we get over there and become a part of this, we're not going to allow them. And so there's a lot of pressure, amen, that's going to be probably put upon them. But but I want you to watch him, amen, Daniel, as he, he handles this. I believe, now watch this. How we respond to trials, tests, is, is, is how we find out what's in the heart. Okay? How we respond, how we handle this. So, as the provision had been set up and the orders had been given, now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mashiel, and Azariah, and I don't know why I can't always remember their names, but anyway, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. Now, if you go back and look at their names, all their names represented something to do with the Jehovah God. God himself. They turned around and if you'll read a study and I did but I'm not tonight. I don't have the time. But if you'll do a study on the name that they're being changed to. It has the same meaning but calling out of their God. Same same uh, uh, meaning and, and likeness of what their Hebrew names were. Uh, how many of you remember especially it used to be a kind of a big thing. It's been probably 30, 40 years ago, a lot of your basketball stars and uh, great athletes changed their names with their faith. They changed it. Okay. And we, we're getting a little better understanding of a lot of that, aren't we? Getting a little more insight of what's really behind a lot of that. What's playing behind all of that and what's coming about. <laughs> but, uh, but here, 
We're seeing that they wanted to change their identity. It's amazing to me if we're not careful, even as apostolics, more and more people is wanting to do away with terms as apostolic or Pentecost. I, I like those terms. I'm not ashamed of them. It's a Pentecost experience. I tell people all the time, Pentecost is not a religion. What religion are you? Well, I'm apostolic. Well, Pentecost. I said, but Pentecost is an experience. It's not a religion. I want to understand that. It's an experience for you and for everybody else that wants it. It's an experience. It's what it is. It's not a religion. Religion man-made. God didn't make religion. God gave us an opportunity to have salvation. Not just religion. But anyway, I didn't get up on all that. But so, as he, so the eighth verse picks up. As it talks about these and changed their names. The eighth verse picks up. And that's the focus verse. So Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. With the portions of the king's meat, not with the wine of the drink. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile him. He made a request now. He didn't demand it. He didn't come up front of him. He wasn't arrogant. He wasn't high-minded. He didn't have no rebel spirit about it. Bless God. I'm not going to read that nowhere in here. It's not the only place it's going to happen either. I can show you in today's lesson. It happens again with Nebuchadnezzar. In fact, if you'll watch Daniel's approach when he finds out that Nebuchadnezzar wants to annihilate all the wise men, all the astrologers, because they couldn't, couldn't give him the dream, the interpretation of the dream, Daniel comes because he finds favor, and God shows him favor just like he does here. And watch this. He asked for the same thing that the astrologers and magicians had asked a little time. Guess what? The king gives it to him. He wouldn't have got it. You come up for arrogant, high-minded, in your face. Did you notice some of the first things I, you can, I won't be careful here, but at the same time, people want to backslide. People want to, you know, spirit of rebellion. In your face. Especially if they want to alter the lifestyle. You don't condemn me. And see, see, there's one thing a backslider that always says, no, I'm not doing right. I'll tell you right now, I'm in trouble. See, that heart, that heart hadn't been calloused. That heart hadn't reached a reached place. No, that heart can still be dealt with. But it's that heart, a man that's living that altar lifestyle. And all of a sudden, I'm still going to heaven. I don't have no problem with this. Y'all the ones got problems. That's a callousness and a hardness. That's, you're reaching a place in that heart. You're reaching a place, and I, I'm just going to say, you can't be saved. It's untouchable. You can become so hard that nothing can scratch it. Nothing can change it. Nothing can move it. That's the reason he takes out the stony heart of flesh. So his imprint and his touch upon our lives can be manifested and declared. We're like Caleb and Joshua. We are of a different spirit. That's the reason when we cry out, destroy them. Bring fire down on them, Jesus. I tell you, that's what you're... We don't know what spirit you of. You don't know what kind of heart that's coming out. It's a heart thing. 
Daniel had purpose. Daniel had purpose in his heart. Purpose simply means the reason for which something is done or created. Or for what something exists. Why do we exist? What's our purpose? What's our heartbeat? What's our life? Jesus Christ said, it's being a witness for God. Sure, we got to take care of all these other things. And sure, we got to wash clothes. And we got to go to jobs. And we got other responsibilities. But above everything is to be a witness of Jesus Christ. Vessel of God. That's the, that's the call above all calls. So. Now God had brought Daniel, watch this, into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuch. God had done this. God hadn't forsaken his people. Even though he allowed them to be carried into Babylon. He hadn't forsaken them. But he's moving upon this eunuch to show him kindness and mercy. The prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should ye he see your faces worse likened than the children which are of your sort? Then shall he make me endanger my, my head to the king. And so rightly so, the, the eunuch said, he said, the, the overseer, man, you can put me in a place. I fear this king. If I, we don't have this right, you come up and, and, and you know. And surely, you know, Daniel could have, you know, blew off his lid and say, oh, you just don't understand. We're serving the Jehovah God and all this other stuff. You know, that's like jumping up to somebody who don't have a clue anything about the Bible or God and jump up and telling them, if you don't get Acts 2.38, you're going to bust hell wide open. That's a true statement. But the truth of it and the, the lack of the heart and the love and the wisdom in it, you're going to do more harm than good. So watch it. So Daniel said unto Melz, whom the prince of the eunuch had set over Daniel, Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, prove thy servants. He said, I tell you what, we'll, we'll cut a deal. We'll, we'll see. I won't put no pressure on this. He said, let's just prove. Let's just see. Let's just, you know, let's see what God will do. What a great way to testify. You start talking to people and they start telling you about problems and heartaches or why. He said, I said, tell you what, why don't we start talking to God about it? Let's see, let's get God in the picture here. Let's, let's see, let God begin to work for you. Watch God begin to. And when they start seeing the hand of God and the mercy of God and the compassion of God, when they could be persuaded by us that, you know what? You can't overcome them drugs. You can't, by God's help, you can't overcome them. If you just let him start working on the heart. So he said, let's prove the servants, I beseech you, for what? For ten days, let's just prove. Let's just see what we can do. Let them give us pots to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenance be looked upon before thee and the countenance of the children that ate of the portion of the king's meat. And thou seest, deal with, with us as thy servant. You make the call. You decide. We leave it in your hands. After ten days... Daniel says, hey, we won't, we, we'll let you call. And sure enough, after 10 days, he comes in, he examines, looks at him. And the Bible says that, and this is kind of amazing to me now, they're eating vegetables and drinking water. And uh, they're looking, they looking a lot better. 
But he used a term that we don't like. He looked fatter than the other guys. He's drinking all the meat and drinking, drinking all the wine. <laughs> this is what he says. So he consented to them in this matter and proved them ten days. And after the end of the ten days, their countenance appeared more fair than fatter <laughs> in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. So you know what God's telling us? We work a lot to, to, and put a lot of time, a lot of effort in gaining. And, and please, I'm not, I'm not crossing the fence here. I've done it about education. All right? About a lot of things and training. And we've we, we got to have all of that. And we put a lot of effort, a lot of energy into it. But I'm going to tell you something. What's more important, amen, is where we putting our time in for God. It's, the Bible's proving right here. If we'll just determine in our own hearts that we're not going to be defiled, but we're going to submit and humble ourselves and put our lives and all of our circumstances in the hand of God and let God prove to himself that, you know what, when the game's over and the smoke clears, I'm going to be better off than if I spend all my energy and all my effort, if I'd done this and spent all the time into it, stayed up day and night, worried with this, worried with that. Hey, man, worried about this test, worried about that. Hey, I'm trying to help us here. Hallelujah. There's a a lot of people miss a lot of church. Amen. They're trying to deal and better themselves in life. When all said and done by the scripture, if you just put God first, put God first, get the right motive, get your heart right, God will work the rest of it out. See, God can bring things back and help you when nobody else can. Well, I know it's a little dangerous grounds there. because I know there's jobs and there's times that you don't have control over. You, you, you may miss. But here again, we got to be very careful. We got to be careful as God's vessel, especially young now, young. Don't seek careers for just money. Don't seek careers just to have positions and impress people. We offer quiet for Sunday night. I know it's Sunday morning, but it's. My elders ought to have been saying, Amen. He's right. Even though I spent most of my time trying to make a dollar, he's still right. You don't believe it? Write down how much time you spend on a job, how much time you spend trying to make money, and to write down how much time you spend in prayer in the house of God, reading your Bible all together. And I understand, please, don't get me wrong here. Oh, I'm, I feel, but, 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 and we can't just quit. We got to live. We got to do some of this stuff. But this cannot be what consumes us. This is what not drives us. The point I'm trying to make, I can get up, be at work at 7 o'clock, never be late because they'll take my money, but I can't be at church at 10. Actions outweigh, okay, that, that, that's the point I'm trying to make. Priorities. I'm talking about the heart now. Is your heart boiling yet? <laughs> Feel some things in the heart. The heart. Some passions of the heart. Hey, you know why some people get up at four or five o'clock in the morning, load up a bunch of old hounds, and they could. Now we don't quite do it as much, 
But some pressure is going to be put on us this year. <laughs> pressure is going to be put on us this year. We've got some of you guys in the club, and so pressure is probably going to be put on us. So, hey, man, got to got to get after it, man. Hey, they pay good money. They just got to put them on the stand, so we're going to put them out there. I look, they want to go early enough. They can use headlights. I don't care. <laughs> hey, we've done it. We've done it. Been on them, go in there, slip in there. Like the, the deers are sleeping, no, you know, they, no, they still up. But anyway, but you know why we do that? We have a heart to that. It's like somebody, you know, getting up, getting up early, hooking up to a boat. No, most good fishermen, then the heart's in it's already hooked up to the boat. They got it ready, got everything ready, pull out. <laughs> got heart, they love it. You know why? why? Some people love to, love to shop, and I know those have changed. Most people shop now. You can tell by the expression on the faces. <laughs> Got heart. It's heart in it. That's the reason I, I, I try to help us when we come here. Uh, and, and I know I say this jokingly in a way, but I'm going to tell you something. I, I'd be very careful my countenance when I walk in this house. I wouldn't walk in here mad and frustrated and just yelled at them. And I, I, I wouldn't. But I just walk into the house of God. So what if me and my wife just had it out? We'll get it. We'll, 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 we'll work it out in an hour or so from now. But for right now, I'm in the presence of God. Huh. You know why? I'm a heartbreak. I want him on my side and I get through too. I may need help when I get home. And so I come in here, you might say, hey, the old faithful boy showed up. He still loved God, worship God. Hey, you want to get home. And then all, he may touch my heart's wife. <laughs> he may touch our heart. They may before I ever get home in the argument. Where would he be in the argument? Tell you, the heart. It's the heart. You've got to work on it every day. Every day, the enemy's trying to attack your heart. Every day, the enemy's trying to defile you in one form or another. Look at this. Go there. Say this. Do that. I'm trying to get you. He's trying to defile our hearts. You know what? He starts out. See why it's so important? It's got to be a heart thing. Because it can't be just at the house of God. But when I get home, my heart's right. If I keep it right, I'm going to do right at the house too. I'm going to do right on the job. I didn't say we do everything perfect. I'm saying we're going to pursue. Try to do things right because it's a heart thing. Because we love him. We want to serve him. And we're living in a very wicked and evil and there's a real devil out there. And there's a real spirit of the world out there. And I'm telling you, they can rub you wrong quick. <laughs> and it's all about the heart now. Goes on after proving them for 10 days. I ain't sure what time we're supposed to quit. <laughs> But I'm, I'm finishing up. I'm getting close. I, I think we've said enough. But uh, anyway, <laughs> for, these, for these four, now watch this. When you drop down the 17, for, for these four children, God gave them knowledge. God gave them. God can bless you and show you favor 
that all the studying of the world will never never be able to change you. You may not be gifted enough, blessed enough, but God can bless you. How many loves it when you you know that the has anybody ever been witnessing and man you begin to witness and all of a sudden scripture begin to come and you tell that was anointing of God upon you man things begin to come out man you leave there whoa praise God I'm on top of the world it's God that's God's anointing going through the heart it's abilities that I didn't have skills that I didn't have but but God showed us favor and anointed and helped us to say the right things. To respond in the right way. Hey, we're living in a world today. There's a lot of people responding. And we can get caught up in it. We can get pulled into it. How are you going to respond to it? How are you going to handle it? It's according to the heart. I tell you right now. It's according to the heart. It's according to what we have laid in the chambers of the heart. Of how we're going to respond. That's the reason it's so important with purpose that I'm not going to defile my heart. And you know what? When they committed themselves, God committed himself to them. It was a pure heart that got them out of that den of lions. It was a pure heart that got them out of that fiery furnace. And it's a pure heart that will get you and I out of situations and dilemmas. And maybe we didn't even ask for them. Maybe we just happened all of a sudden. Here it is. Because of the God that we're serving. Watch this. Both of those attacks. Because who they were serving. And how they were serving him. And worshiping him. It's really about worship. You just bowed out our image. Man we're going to get this music right. I'm sure y'all just didn't hear it. Blah blah. blah. You know the story. They said, we're not even careful how we're going to respond. You know why they could say that? Their heart. Their heart was settled. It was anchored. Now watch this. That's a reason you and I must understand it's got to be more than a mind. Your mind can actually, can, can, boy. Your mind has, is so powerful. If you don't believe that, you ought to do some study on the mind and what some people's done because what they begin to believe in their mind. But you can believe it. You can believe a lie long enough until you, it's true. And nobody can change your mind about it. Look at the power of the mind. The mind, a man could run things in the mind even to the point of speaking in tongues and put on the front. But if the heart's not in it, if the heart hadn't been transformed, events will, will bring the evidence of the heart. Because head knowledge can't hold you in those trials. Head knowledge can't keep you when you're walking down that trail. And you're facing that enemy. And you're facing that valley. It's the heart. What's this? What do we say about, about our hounds when they can run 12 hours on July the 4th? They got the heart. It's not, we don't, they got, they got a better mind than that old blue over there. Old Jack's got a better mind. No, he's got a better heart. Huh. He ain't got a better mind or he'd have quit three hours ago. <laughs> he wouldn't run out on a hog anyway. But anyway, praise God. But it's the heart. I preach it to us. We don't want, we, we, I'm telling you, we're living in a world, they don't know nothing about this. They 
they really don't. They, they don't want a heart change. Let me live like I want to live. I, let me do what I want to do. And I'm still going to heaven and nobody condemn me. See, they don't want a heart change. But you, if you want to live for God, you've got to have a heart change. There's got to be a transplant of the heart. That's the place where passions and desires and hungers and thirsts. That's the spiritual realm. That's where all this comes from. That's the reason they work together and work hand in hand. It's important for the word to be. Where did David say write the word? On my heart that I might not sin against thee. Hmm. I can't memorize a lot of this, but there's enough in the heart that I can live right. So that tells me that my mind's not really doing all the, it's the heart. Huh. Well, I hope I said something here today, tonight. I, I know I didn't go into the lesson part, and there's a lot in it. Uh, there's a lot, I've got all kind of uh, marks and things in it, uh, of different things that this writer has brought out. I would encourage you, if you have not, I assume everybody's doing it. I'm going to encourage you again tonight. Amen. Read your lessons. Uh, Mine. Take the time and read these lessons. You got the same book I've got. You got actually the teacher manuals. You got everything I've got. You need to be reading it. You need to be looking over it and, and, and pay attention to a lot of things that's being said. Amen. About this. You know why it's so important about a hard thing? Amen. You know why? It's a spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. And uh, you and I must be willing and determined that, you know what? I've been bought with a price. I belong to the king. I belong to the Lord. And I'm, I'm determined not to let my heart become defiled. Uh, I, I can't control everybody else. I can't control the actions of everybody else. But I can control what I allow in my heart. In my life. And how to respond. How to handle that. Because we're all going to face difficult times. Difficult situations. And it's the heart that we're going to need. Amen. To live the overcoming life. And the writer talks about. Amen. Because when you talk about not to become defiled. That means you must purpose in your heart. To be of a separated godly holy life. You've got a purpose in your heart. Amen. And you can't use this excuse. Well this is the way mama was. And this is the way grandma was. And this is the way daddy was. And this is the way grandpa was. And this is the way great great and it's just part in our blood and I mean you know, ain't nothing we can do about it the Bible says you come a new creation there is something we can do about it we can say you know what I'm a new creation in him and I don't have to walk in those footsteps there's a different blood different gene that's flowing in me now from my heavenly father to live a godly holy life pleasing unto the Lord that would glorify his name and that would give him honor. God bless you. You can stand. I think I'm pretty well through. I don't think we received the tithes. If you want to bring those up after service, that'll be fine. Uh, let's pray. Let's love God. Hopefully I've said something. I know it's been a little different tonight. Uh, I know I've said some, some pretty tough things, especially dealing with the heart. Uh, I want God to work on my heart. I really do. I want the condition of my heart, amen, to be what the, the Lord would have it to be, amen, that would please him because uh, if you don't purpose in your heart, amen, you know, and, and, and 
you know, there were some things I purposed in my life at very young that there's certain lines I just was not going to cross. And thank God I didn't. But you know why I didn't? I purposed it in my heart. I didn't allow those that ridicule me and make fun of me and call me all kind of names. I didn't let that bother me. No, I purposed that in my heart. You know what? The same way of living for God. We live this way. We, we dress this way. We talk this way. All of this is to glorify God and keeping our hearts from coming defiled. So you know what? We don't have nothing to be ashamed of. Let's live for God. Let's give God, amen, our heart, our service. Let's lift him up. Amen. And this is how we do it, uh, with our hearts. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. God bless you. You can just consider yourself dismissed in the fear of the Lord. God bless you.